2: Hello and welcome to episode 350 of Geek Town Radio. We are back this week and I have with
0: me... Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you, Dave. Thanks for having me back and welcome to August. <laughs> to, yes,
2: yes. Welcome to uh, August. We, I, I was thinking we should probably do something big for 350, but I was completely disorganized. So uh, <laughs> we're just doing a normal show. Maybe we'll do something for 360 or something. <laughs> maybe we'll yeah, do that. You
0: we'll get, get me and Matt on for a little bit of a face-off quiz again like we did last time. Yes, maybe we'll do that. <laughs>
2: how have things been? I've, obviously, I've been away for a few weeks, so uh, you've not been on the show for a while what have you been up to where do you want to start do you want to start with your film news
0: well yeah shall we go in with my top five stories for July go yes A brilliant month we had and why I wanted to pick through lots of different stories I've actually decided to pick five stories from the Marvel announcement that took place just uh, a few weeks back with Kevin Feige and his team where he set out the MCU's phase five and phase six timelines what this means and I've from all of those stories and all of those announcements I've decided to pick five of my favorite stories from that so yes I'm going a bit off piece this month Dave <laughs> But um, I, want, I think that's something that our, our Geek Town listeners would hopefully like us to delve into. Yes. So the first story I'm going to talk about is the Wakanda Forever trailer. Yes. A very anticipated trailer, Um, wanting to know how they're going to take the story on in light of uh, the departure of Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. And it's very emotional. I don't know if you you got that. It was a really emotionally charged trailer. Yeah. Um, gave us lots of questions. We saw some key, key characters in there that are going to shape some of the future phases. And the one really key sort of uh, line I picked up on, which makes me question like Shuri's place, was um, the mum, the fantastic Angela Bassett says, I've lost all my family. And that just really intrigued me because we know she's got a daughter. So what does happen to Shuri to mm-hmm. you know, build that storyline along? Uh, but yeah, a hugely clicked on trailer in its first uh, few hours of release, I think it again just like everyone seems to do it seems to overtake the previous one and I think this overtook Thor and Love and Thunders clicks on and like views um, in its first like 24 hours and what did you think of the trailer Dave?
2: Yeah it's very interesting that line is intriguing particularly we see Queen Ramona Angela Bassett's character on the throne at the moment and it seems T'Challa has been killed off in the MCU as well which makes sense that because I mean the Black Panther character can get passed on but obviously T'Challa was very much as Rick Bozeman so they don't want to recast that obviously Mm. there's some interesting bits and pieces that I mean Shuri is in the trailer but whether she's kind of gone off on her own maybe or you know and they're moving around i i don't know There's, so that's kind of interesting mm. we know atlantis is involved in this as well uh because yes. we know Namor is in here so we've got that coming up and that's an introduction of a, a fairly key marvel character that we haven't seen yet so that's kind of interesting mm. Yeah, so there's lots of underwater stuff. Interesting, the DC managed to get to the sort of you know Atlantean stuff before the MCU did <laughs> this time around.
0: Yeah, I think it was really interesting as well. I'd, I'd heard in um, some other discussions that actually Phase Four finished with Thor and the end of Miss Marvel, and Phase Five was starting with um, She Hulk. But obviously, Kevin managed to set this out that actually Wakanda Forever now will end yes. Phase Four and Phase Five officially starts in 2023 with Ant-Man and Quantumania. So um, that was, that was interesting as well to get that clarity from them, from a lot of people sort of playing around with where the phases end. (laughs) Um, And that sort of leads us on to the next sort of uh, key point was where phase six comes into things. So thinking ahead, Phase six will be almost like we had Infinity War and Endgame. We're going to have two major Avengers films. They're called the Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars, and they're going to build up our new villain, which is taken over from the mighty Thanos, over the course of the next three years, and that will come to cinemas on the 2nd of May and the 5th of November, 2025. Now, we always say this with a pinch of salt, because we do not know what is around the corner, what's going to happen post-production delays, you know, whatever could happen. But at the moment, to have two major films within three, four months of each other is going to be pretty massive for Marvel. So it's got to be really key how everything sort of fits into play phase six still looks very brief we know that because we think there's probably going to be more some series yeah. might get reorders etc but at the moment phase six is supposed to start in 2024 and culminate in these two big films and dave what do you think of these that even the titles kang dynasty and secret wars
2: well we've seen a little bit of kang already uh, or a variant of kang mm-hmm. in, in loki so we know that character was starting to introduce we also know the overall saga for this phase or these phase is, is the multiverse saga, which sort of takes over from the Infinity War saga. So and that makes sense, Kang Dynasty being one of them. Um, I don't really know exactly what the Secret War storyline is, is so, uh, mm-hmm. that will be a sort of interesting one. I will have to read up on the comic books for that. I know it's a big comic book, I think those are, are going to be two kind of interesting things. Of course, we don't know who the Avengers are at this point, yeah, you know? exactly, I mean, and
0: what that, that's going to look like. So,
2: yes, so they've got to kind of rebuild the Avengers at some point. I mean, we know possibly Doctor Strange will be in there, and you know, we've got younger Avengers around, so there is potential. Mm. I think it was you know, mentioned with Matt last week, there is potential for a young Avengers thing to pop up at some point which they have not an uh, and also no mention of the X-Men anywhere in this no. at the moment and you know as I was saying it's, it comes to something where you've got so many cards in your pocket that you don't have to play the X-Men card when you're making yeah. announcements and exactly. you know, so yeah. whether some of that will get fed into that Phase 6 where there are large gaps I mean there's three movies at the moment in Phase 6 and that's it so mm. whether that will fill out or whether that will get bumped over into Phase 7 And that will become, you know, I mean, we've started seeing little hints of mutant stuff being dropped in. So
0: yeah,
2: maybe it will sort of get sprinkled throughout this and then it will really hit in phase seven. But yeah, I mean, I'm I, I'm glad they're finishing with this sort of big Double Avengers movie. I think that's a, a really good way to go. Mm. Uh,
0: oh. My next story, so story uh, number four, will be something a bit of fun, I hope, with the Agatha Coven of Chaos, yes. uh, which is going to come to our screens on Disney Plus, Winter 23-24, uh, which will see the fantastic Agatha Harkness from WandaVision villain we all absolutely loved to hate obviously but um, sh- we're going to explore her past and that's made me think whether this is going to be a, a time jumpy series and see how she has survived as a witch through all of her years or whether it will be set in the time of Salem and things like that like we saw in the episode of Division when we explored her past. I'm really excited for that that's one of the ones I think Catherine Hahn is amazing that character coming out mm-hmm. and obviously so many memes and come from her appearances and I'm really excited about exploring that one and that's a really positive story out of it and then I will finish on a bit of a bizarre but I don't know I think happy but not happy is the Daredevil news so yes. Daredevil is a original Netflix series first series received quite well however the overarching comments from a lot of critics were that you know 16 episodes were just a little bit too much for this series they could have really Punched it down into about eight For some good quality And it was then That was carried across To the Jessica Jones The Iron Fist (sighs) etc However Disney Plus are bringing it back In a series called Daredevil Born Again And oh my word 18 episodes i know i
2: mean (laughs) i mean it's the longest running thing i think they've certainly the longest running marvel show it's i think it's the longest running marvel or star wars show they've ordered so far i don't know whether that's going to get split into seasons or whether that is just going to be one solid 18 episode run um yeah. it's odd that they've they've said 18 episodes straight off the bat whether that was how they needed to do it to sign the actors and it'll actually get split into a couple of different seasons or or mm. whether there's something else going on and maybe they're shorter episodes maybe they're half an hour or i i you know or it's maybe it's is 18 it? hours of it <laughs> I, I mean yeah it's it's interesting but it does depend how they split it up as well because it, yeah. it although it's 18 episodes the criticism of the length of the Netflix series was they Tended to be one storyline over 13, 14 episodes and there were a couple of episodes you could have removed and it would have tightened up the story. It may mm. be that there are multiple arcs that go through this. You know, so maybe you have one arc for five episodes, another arc for another five episodes. You know, it depends how they run it. So...
0: We wait in anticipation.
2: <laughs> yeah, with different writers and a different structure, 18 episodes might not be a problem. It really, really. depends on on how it's structured and how it's put together And the other thing is, of course, he's now integrated into the MCU. So it's possible that you could bring in other characters from across the MCU for him to interact with. So it might not just be Daredevil throughout the whole of this.
0: Mm. So we'll see. I personally don't think we're far off from the announcement that some of those other characters from the Defenders may be revived, not in their own series, but they may appear in some capacity in Daredevil. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get a few announcements along those lines no um but yeah so those are my five stories from the marvel announcements that happened in july yes there was some good
2: stuff in there as as we said last week compared to dc which basically threw up a couple of trailers and went there you go and that was it you know i mean we'll see at the moment yeah marvel definitely very much ahead i think
0: definitely definitely on to some other stuff that i've been doing so i have recently obviously i've just finished term and then i went away um I went camping, so away from (laughs) devices for a few weeks, um, a few days even, which was lovely and just sort of let me chill. But before that, I I ploughed through a few things that were hanging on my list for ages. Uh, I finished Young Rock, uh, second season of Hacks, and Ten Percent, for example. They were hanging on. Out of some of the things I finished, I thought Hacks season two was just fantastic. I mean, I love season one, and we were treated to that earlier this year, and then to see season two back on our screen so quickly, and the Gene Smart and Hannah Ironbender are just absolutely yeah. incredible I just think their chemistry on screen and the way they deal with each other um, and my favourite episode I, I, a lot of people have talked about it is the cruise the, the lesbian cruise um, and <laughs> yes. that, that episode honestly I was sitting with my mouth open like I didn't know whether to laugh or cringe but it was a, a very 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 good episode yes. Um. so yeah recommend all of those films I watched a couple of films just before I went away camping I watched The Grey Man Man. Obviously, I thought it was all about me, but apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which was a absolute crazy, a huge budget thrown at a Netflix film. Lots of firepower and unbelievable scenes and setups with Ryan Gosling and our lovely Chris Evans. It was OK. I drifted off a bit towards the end. I had some Anna Anadiamas was in that as well. Billy Bob Thornton was in it. A great idea apparently it's going to be more than one this is going to be a various amount of spin-offs and yeah it was enjoyable romp but I didn't take it too seriously and so many bullets and destructions and you know how much uh, stick some of the Avengers movies got in the day when they destroyed cities and towns and there seemed to be no repercussions what happens in Prague in this film is beyond <laughs> what anyone would expect but you know what it was good and uh, it sort of really gave Ryan Gosling a little bit of depth to his acting I know that sounds silly in an actual like this, but you know, he really did play a really good character and, uh, and protagonist there. And also watched both Burgers movies, which made me question why it really needed a movie. It was, right. a, uh, I mean, it was, it was. Fun. Um, I thought, why, what are they making special about this? It's like when the Simpsons had their movie, you know, you've got to have a good enough storyline and the storyline was okay, but I don't know why it couldn't have been just four or five episodes split up, you know, an arc storyline, which I know is not normal for Bob's Burgers, but it was fun, enjoyable, but I don't think we need to just, we don't need to plough on this film. You know, what's next? Rick and Morty movie, human resources movie. I'm sure sure a Rick and
2: Morty movie will happen at some point. (laughs)
0: Yeah. It's just, I'm not sure we really need it when the the 20, 22 minute episodes that they produce are really good and contain stories and great characters and voice cast and things like that. So yeah, Yeah. those are the films I I got. And have you watched either of those, Dave?
2: I haven't. No, I know The Grey Man has had very middling reviews. I mean, it it literally Mm. has sort of across the board on all the sort of metacritic and other sites has got like pretty much 50 50 views so uh yes it's it's got very middling support that one Bob's Burgers is not something i've ever watched so yeah. i'm not going to jump into the film at yeah this you, point.
0: you do need to know the series to what i realized that in the first like i've watched the series and you do need to sort of know it they do sort of try and cover it in case you haven't but it is a good idea to know yes. the film Ongoing things. So uh, when I got back from camping, I started picking up all the procedurals. um, And in one short day this week, I started the... three-hour crossover series of all the FBI's. Yes. Which was the very big um, sort of Jeffrey Epstein-based story. Ah. Um so, so you start with FBI and then FBI most wanted take the storyline on and keep a couple of the characters and then that leads on to FBI International which again brings some of the characters from the first two FBI's in. Yeah. Um, and this massive three-hour... I mean, apparently on in US TV it was on one night. Yes. It was all... They all followed one another so for for fans you would have been sat there just three hours in a row engaging in this storyline so yeah good I mean I enjoy the FBI's I think I need to take a while to get to know the international characters yeah the FBI most wanted cast that's a revolving door that's really quick (laughs) apparently so Um, yes so yeah I was reading a bit of that because I was like oh where's that character what's happened to that character which I remember from the first one but so if you want an American actor and you want a job on FBI don't get cast in a main role because you won't be there very long is, is my gut. I also started yeah. watching CSI Vegas, which is really good. Throwback to the original CSIs, bring back um, some of the key characters in there. 911 Lone Star, I'm two episodes into their three episode opener, right. which um, is all about uh, an ice storm that hits Texas. Yes. Now, we all know <laughs> that that wouldn't happen because of their climate and geography. But to be honest, knowing what our society is going through right now, um, so it's all set in the ice and like austin and texas have been absolutely covered in snow and ice and so i'm on episode two of three mm-hmm. uh working through like the, uh, the season opener and also on bbc iPlayer, i started sherwood heard great things about it i'm two episodes in solar opposites watching that weekly on disney plus as you know fan of that i really enjoyed it especially the wall episode early on in this season which wow it was (laughs) (laughs) like you were going down one way and you're like oh my god this is how they ended the wall but then it had a good twist at the end and Only Murders in the Building yes, absolutely fantastic I'm also in love with the theme tune to Only Murders in the Building I find myself humming it? it as I'm walking around and just like it's absolutely brilliant and those three main characters are just so good together and if you you know even when I heard that original casting about two years ago for some reason I just didn't see how she would meld with these two characters but they are absolutely fantastic and uh, i can't rave on about only murders in the building more because it's absolutely brilliant
2: yes the uh the Um. the, uh theme by the way to uh murders in the building you've siddhartha kosler who we've actually interviewed before because i think it's the guy that did this is us I think that was the other Uh, big yes that's the other big show that he did so um only murders is a show that he sort of took on uh, to run alongside and now of course is his main gig he did love victor as well actually
0: i did it and i just think it's it's so good for a show that is like a podcast it's supposed to be based on a podcast it's got that sort of callback to that being that little intro and i you know that the american podcast really do build up the narrative with this sort of like style and design yes um and then i'll just end saying my wish list of Obviously, I've got a nice bit of time off this summer and apart from a bit of an overseas holiday coming up by I, I do want to watch I've heard great things or read different things about the baby and Lazarus project both on now or sky and so there are two things that I'm going to be trying to watch before August is out along with all my procedurals that I'm watching as well yeah. um so yeah that's me Dave I think I've covered everything that I've been doing <laughs> in July um, nice. what have you been doing in the last week well I mean obviously I've been away for three weeks
2: and there's a few things that had started whilst i I've been away and I, I'd completely forgotten about the launch of Solar Opposites but I have actually watched the first episode of that now I watched that earlier today and uh, when they popped up on your list I was like oh yeah I haven't checked those yet uh, and uh, Lone Star <laughs> as well I, I haven't started so I'm going to start that later tonight and I need to get back to the Lazarus project because I've seen the three or four episodes of that and I need, I need to go back and watch a bit more of it because I really enjoyed that series but um, in terms of sort of general stuff I've been doing it really has been partly me trying to to catch up on things that I just got behind on because I couldn't watch them while I was in America. So I'm now up to date on Better Call Saul and Westworld, and of course we're covering both of those over on Entertainment Talk with Matt, so uh, we're doing weekly episodes for both those shows. Strange New Worlds I'm now up to date on as well, which I'm really loving that series. They've really got the essence of classic Star Trek with that show, from just the fun, the sort of week-by-week missions... There's no real overarching story as such you know stuff goes on from week to week but there's no kind of massive like connecting story like there is with something like discovery and i really like that format and how they're working with it and they had a particularly silly episode this week as well which had them all in sort of period costume and it was just very much the sort of classic slightly sillier sort of star trek episode so i really really love that show and they're doing a wonderful job the cast are amazing uh, they bounce off Each other so well; they're incredibly likable. It's really, really good and well worth watching. If you were turned off a bit by sort of the newer Trek stuff in Discovery, Strange New Worlds is very much back on target. I think. On the other side of things, I've been watching the Orville, which I think has one more episode to go. Which oddly has become far more serious <laughs> and, yeah, and they're really more,
0: serious yeah
2: i mean tackling some interesting subjects and doing it in a very good way i think generally stuff to do with gender and equality and all that sort of stuff they've, they've actually been doing a really interesting job with that show but they stopped playing things for laughs and it's become a far more kind of serious sci-fi with the odd gagging there are more gags in Strange New Worlds than there are in the Orville which is a bit (laughs) odd given that the Orville was basically a parody of Star Trek so um, <laughs> I found that kind of interesting but uh, yeah I think there's one more episode to go of this run and then we'd still very much up in the air about whether it comes back or not
0: yeah I, I saw a hashtag um today actually saying renew the Orville and I mean I'm enjoying it I' remember the the episode length are really a lot I've just I think I've just watched the episode where they are sort of trapped in a virtual world mm-hmm. and they're going around to different places and it was a really good episode but so long and then you realise you've been watching it for an hour and two minutes and then Disney Plus helpfully show you the episode lengths and as they went down this I think I saw it when there were six episodes available they seem to be getting longer as the season went on it's just the Hulu element isn't it that's changed now
2: yeah I mean they're like a sort of 70 80 minute plus episodes some of those Mm. it's I mean they're full on almost hour and a half things some of them it's crazy what they've set up. To do. I mean, it took forever for this to film because of the pandemic in between, and obviously, you're dealing with a lot of CG stuff. And I mean, I God knows how much it actually cost them. But the episode lengths are ridiculously long for this. Because I, I put it on thinking, oh, you know, 45 minutes to give whip through this before I go and do something. <laughs> and, and yeah, you're there and thinking, This is this is what is this still going? And you look at it and it's like got half an hour left. You're like, oh, okay so yeah yeah, exactly the same (laughs) really surprised by the episode length of it but it's been really good I mean it's been very solid there's various things going on behind the scenes as to whether Seth wants to continue doing it I know he said that it'd be much better at Hulu than it was when it was Fox so there's that but he also has a new deal with NBC so there are things going on behind the scenes as to which may mean that it doesn't come back again but we'll see I hope they do bring it back because I really enjoy. That show, but I know it is an awful lot of work for them. So we'll (laughs) Mm -hmm. see what happens with that. In terms of new things, uh, CSI Vegas, which you mentioned you've been watching, I started that. I was a huge fan of the original CSI and some of the spin offs as well. So I very much enjoyed stepping back into that world. It's a bit like wearing an old pair of comfy shoes, that show, because it, yeah. it it is new and it's slightly refreshed, but it's also very much the same thing.
0: <laughs> so, you know what, yeah, exactly. Know what's going on.
2: Yeah. They've got this sort of ongoing case, which is the thing that's sort of running more background and he's the excuse for bringing some of the old characters back but it's also got the sort of you know murder of the week thing by the looks of things going on as well and sometimes mm. the cases interact th- so i'm really enjoying that i think if you like the original csi there's no reason you wouldn't like this it's really good lovely to see some of the old faces back i know sarah siddle and grissom are coming back for the second season but they're talking about roping in other old cast members members to come in for like a season. So it, it looks like they're going to be bringing in various people as they kind of move Ooh, through the season. Might be
0: interesting. That. Might be an interesting approach to it because there were some really good characters across some of those later seasons as well. Yeah. Um that could you know, you could definitely do like what well, a couple of characters from Cyber maybe could pop in and help yeah. on a case because that that was a good spin-off. I enjoyed that.
2: Yeah, so we'll see what happens sort of moving forward. It's it's whether some of the old cast members only come back for one season or whether they still around i don't know but the two actors that played those original roles were only signed up for the first season they don't want to go back again which is understandable given how they were brought in and you know they were brought in for something very specific on this season so it Mm -hmm. wouldn't sort of necessarily make sense for them to be hanging around for another season afterwards the other thing i watched was paper girls which is a new amazon series it's based on a brian k vaughan comic book which i have read and i really enjoyed the book so i was quite interested to see this show come out. It begins in Halloween in 1988, follows four paper girls called Erin, Mack, Tiffany and KJ. They're out on the delivery route and they get caught in the crossfire between warring time travellers and transported into the future. That's the setup for it. So they're dealing with how do they get back home and also meeting future versions of themselves as well. It's a really interesting setup. There are hints of Stranger Things in the yeah
0: i've I've heard this rumor stranger things with girls some people have classed it as in their review a bit crudely but
2: yes it's not quite got the level of stranger things it's not i don't think because of the fact that although it starts in the 80s it's then moved into the future it doesn't have that same sort of nostalgia thing going on but it is primarily a you know young teen cast and therefore that are thrown together and are facing this sort of big threat essentially so and it's sort of of sci-fi things going on. There's not as much horror element, really any horror element as such in this so far. Mm. So yes, there are hints of it, but I wouldn't directly sort of say it's Stranger Things with girls. I think that's being slightly unfair to it. Yeah. So uh, the leads are really good. Um, they're interesting characters. There's four fairly different character types in there. You've got sort of a, a tough girl, a sort of preppy girl, one that's desperately trying to look after a mother and interesting mix of the these four girls they've done a really good job in converting the comic book across as well so if you're a fan of the book i think it will certainly be something interesting to watch and it's a well put together sci-fi series i think so worth a look certainly but all eight episodes of that are up on prime video if you want to go and check that out it's called paper girls definitely worth a look also should point out people are saying oh it's a rip off of stranger things the comic book itself predates stranger things by a year so um. technically paper girls was there first if if you're, <laughs> if you're thinking of those comparisons you could argue that it's actually stranger things as a ripoff of this but i don't actually think that's the case in either, either direction there are similarities in little respects but they are very much their own thing i think so that's all the stuff we've been doing this week let's move on to some tv and film news <laughs> Kicking off the TV and film news, we have, of course, the renewals, cancellations and pickups. A couple of things cancelled or ending. One thing cancelled, which is The Wilds, which was that Teen drama that was on Prime Video. I don't know whether you watched any of this. I think Daryl was watching some of it.
0: No, I heard about it, and it was on my long list, but I never actually got around to it.
2: Yeah, this was a thing that follows a group of teen girls who crash on a desert island and are trying to fight way to survive. There is a twist, which is not really giving anything away because it's revealed fairly early on. The girls didn't end up on the island by accident; it was planned in some way. So they made a second season of it. It sounds like it's just not landing as well as they wanted it to. So that's two seasons and done that one. The big one, which is hot off the press because it was literally announced just before we started recording. The Flash is going to end with season nine, which is the upcoming season, which I don't think anybody's hugely surprised by because there's been rumours that this was probably where it was going because Grant only signed on for one more season anyway. And we had said before that that could be either one more season and they're done or it could be a negotiating tactic from that point because the lead on Grey's Anatomy does that and complains about it being renewed every year but gets paid a big wadge of money to (laughs) to renew her contract every year. So Grant had only signed on for one more season so there was talk of this being the final season. The interesting thing is it's only going to be 13 episodes and they're probably going to drop it mid-season rather than it coming back in the autumn season, the fall season this year. So that's kind of intriguing that they've cut... the episode length. I don't think that's going to do it any harm because there's a lot of filler in that show. And I mean, Mm. we've talked quite a lot extensively at various points on this podcast of my issues with The Flash. Up until this point, the writing has gone drastically downhill, certainly in the last couple of seasons. So I don't think this is necessarily a bad thing. The other original cast members, uh, Candice Patton and Daniel Panabaker, are both set to return. Jesse L. Martin is signed on for at least five episodes but he has got a new pilot on NBC as well. So he'll do five episodes if that pilot goes to series. He may do more if that pilot doesn't go to series. He's sort of sharing roles a bit, but I mean, he's a kind of secondary character anyway. So, you know, and Mm. if they've only got 13 episodes and he's only doing five, you're not going to miss him that much out of it. So, you know, also interesting that, of course, CW canned a whole bunch of shows including a bunch of the Arrowverse series like Legends and Batwoman back in May so at least this is going to get an actual finishing send-off which I think given that this is sort of the flagship Arrowverse show now Arrow is gone I'm glad they are doing that at least.
0: Yeah at its peak it was like one of my favorite shows Flash I used to properly be geeking out on it week after week but you know we've talked about it quite openly on here I fell out of love with it during season seven where it just lost its way with its storyline didn't really know where it was going you didn't really see him use his power or his suit and that is just a shame that it got that way but I'm glad it is getting its send off and I just hope there's lots of Barry actually using his flash powers that's got to be the way to go
2: yeah the episode because I'm a little bit behind on it I'm sort of catching up because it was obviously one of the shows which I didn't watch while so I was away so I'm catching up at the moment and there was an episode actually directed by Katie Lotz from Legends and it started off with like Barry doing loads of stuff and catching criminals and I thought oh this sounds like it's going to be a really fun episode and then 10 minutes in he loses his powers and you're like for God's sake (laughs) How (laughs) many
0: times? (laughs) You know it's
2: just like oh I yeah it's so infuriating just let the Flash be the Flash you know it's Really, really bugs me. So we basically now left with Superman and Lois, which is kind of separate anyway, because this version of Superman and Lois aren't really part of the Arrowverse stuff. And we've got that new Gotham Knights series, which didn't have a massively positive reaction to the trailer, I have to say. Uh. Uh, so there is that as well. But yeah, we'll see whether this is sort of the end of the superhero shows on the CW. Of course, the CW as we mentioned before is up for sale it hasn't actually been sold yet but it looks like it's going to get sold off to uh, somebody else and that's why there was all this cutting of the TV shows and stuff moving on to the renewals we have iCarly has been renewed for a third season by Paramount Plus so that will be coming back there's a show called Moonhaven which is running on AMC Plus in the US that's a sci-fi series with Dominic Moynihan one of the Hobbits (laughs) I think he's probably one of his best known he's in one of the lead roles in this i think it's only like five or six episodes it's not a hugely long series but that has been renewed for a second season so that will be coming back hopefully that means it will show up here somewhere because i don't think it's even run on amc over here it's just not anywhere right now so hopefully that'll get sold to somebody and Miss Scarlet and the Duke has been renewed for a third season so uh, apparently that's planning to be dropped sometime in early 2023 although they've only just started running the second season over here so not too long to wait for the third season for that so that will be back that runs on Alibi in pickups and other news in a rare bit of sensible scheduling from the people at E4 who appear to woken from their drunken stupor Rick and Morty season 6 is going to be simulcast along with the US so It's going to land on the 5th of September at 4am because it's being simulcast. You can set your recorders and record it there. It will also be up on all four as well. So you can watch it, stream it directly on all four. It's also going to get repeats on Sundays as well. So if you have problems getting stuff off the internet, it will be run as a more sensible hour on Sunday as well. So you'll be able to catch it then. But uh, 5th of September is when they're going to be dropping that. I'm very much looking forward to that coming back because I do love that show. And, uh, you know, I love Solar Opposites as well, but very similar vibe from both of them.
0: Yeah, Rick and Morty's the OG. Yes. they're the OG like animation style. So. <laughs> yes,
2: out of the two of them, certainly. Fate the Wink Saga, that is back for a second season on the 16th of September, they've announced. That's over on Netflix. I uh, didn't catch the first season of that, but I know it got some sort of fairly positive reviews in that sort of young adult magic genre sort of show thing, which Netflix seemed to have an abundance of. So uh, (laughs) Uh, That will be uh, landing on 16th of September. Andor, the Star Wars series, that has had its release date moved back to September 21st. So it's gone back by almost a month. Not entirely sure on the reasoning for that. I mean, one possibility is the new Game of Thrones series was due out around about the same time. So it may be that. It may just be that they decided that they're trying to spread out the Star Wars series a little bit more. I don't know. But Andor will be moving back to the 21st of September but they're going to drop the first three episodes in one go. So, swings and roundabouts with that. There are a lot <laughs> of episodes in that. I think it's 12 episodes for each season and it has been renewed for a second season as well. So, although there's three episodes, you've still got a bunch left after that as well. Sticking with Disney+, Plus, The Old Man, which is Jeff Bridges as a retired CIA agent that basically gets pulled back in. That has now got an air date of the 28th of September on Disney+. Plus. That is an FX series which which is all run in the U S and other territories like Australia, I think, have already had this. So I don't know why it's so late over here, but it is. So if you want to watch that, I know some people have seen it and have sort of given it fairly middling reviews. I think it's got renewed for a second season, but 28th of September, if you want to check that out. Let the Right One In, which is based on the movie that is coming on the 8th of October to Paramount Plus UK. That's a Showtime series. Basically, it looks like all new Showtime shows are rather than airing on Sky Atlantic where they were, Will now be on Paramount Plus. That will be coming there. Did you ever see that? movie it's about a sort of father with a daughter who has sort of vampirism
0: i haven't it was um when i was a teacher of film studies it was an option film to be taught right. but we had gone down a different route in our school but i remember reading lots of stuff about it but um uh, there's an original isn't there um yes and I then the say uh, french swedish I can, Fr- oh, I french
2: i think it was french might have been swedish i can't remember but yes there is an original one and then there was a u.s remake of it as and now they this which is a series so i know there's some interest in that but uh yes it will be coming to paramount plus uk that's on the 8th of october that lands there was a couple of other little bits of news which popped out. Irony of Ironies, Snowpiercer, production on the fourth season has been temporarily suspended due to the temperature. They apparently had multiple cases of heat exhaustion with uh, oh 14 of the cast being taken to, to hospital. So they basically said uh, the health and well-being of the show and cast and crew remains top priority. And I, I can see why. I mean, the problem is you, <laughs> you're filming a show which is supposed to be in set in these sort of Arctic temperatures and everybody is kind of dressed up and particularly spoilers for anybody not up to date on the show but there is some stuff in this upcoming season which is going to be set outside of the train rather than being all confined in the train so of course it's still very cold outside in the Snowpiercer world so they're all kind of dressed up in parkas and stuff and it's like 30, 40 degrees outside and they're mm. basically the cast are getting heat stroke so they've had to shut down production for a little while until the heat sort of dies down in, uh, I think it's shot in Canada, that. So that's unfortunate, but uh, hopefully they get back up and running fairly soon. That's the fourth, I think, final season of Snowpiercer as well for that. And there was another little story that dropped out. Max Headroom apparently might be making a re-emergence with Matt Frewer reprising his role as Max Headroom. There is a new series that is potentially in the works at AMC from the people that were behind Holt and Catch Fire, who were apparently quite a good show, although I never actually seen it. I keep on kind of skimming past it and thinking I must go and watch that do you remember Max Headroom I'm not sure whether that hits your age bracket or not
0: no nothing that doesn't even ring a bell at all when you when you were talking about it I, I've never heard of it no Max Headroom for those of you that are on the younger side oh thanks <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was essentially a sort of um, a cyberpunk British cyberpunk TV movie called Max Headroom 20 Minutes Into the Future and it Became very much this sort of pop culture thing. He was on MTV a lot. He starred in sort of, I think he had his own music video show. It was designed to look like it was sort of this intelligent AI, artificial intelligence TV personality, but it was Matt Furrier in a bunch of makeup. It was shot as sort of this digitized thing and would glitch and stuff. So it sounds a bit weird now because we have the technology to kind of do that without sticking somebody under a bunch of makeup. So. Yes, it's a bit... I don't know how they'd do it moving forward, whether they would go like with full CG with him doing face acting or or I don't know how they'd they'd do it. But he he was basically this disembodied head on a screen and uh, he became this huge pop culture phenomenon. Go and look it up, actually, Max Headroom. uh, He actually had his own show as well, which ran on ABC for a couple of years. And he was on the cover of Newsweek and there were ads for Coke and all sorts of stuff. And he's been referenced in a whole bunch of things since then from like BoJack Horseman, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a whole bunch of other TV shows make reference to Max Hedring at various different points. So, um, yeah, I, I thought that was kind of interesting that that's a character that they're looking to bring back in some way because it, it feels so very 80s. So I'm intrigued as to how they're going to do do that because Halt and Catch Fire was a TV show about the dawn of the sort of PC revolution so that was sort of very 80s as well so the guys behind that being involved with this sort of makes sense but we'll see whether that actually makes it anywhere but that's apparently being developed for AMC at the moment. Moving on to more developing TV shows Eragon the very popular book series otherwise known as The Inheritance cycle, the whole book series from um, Christopher Poloni, that has got a TV series in development at Disney Plus it was sort of leaked earlier I think last week that this was sort of happening and then Paolini actually came onto his social media and confirmed that yes it was in the works at the moment he's actually co-writing and producing it so because if you remember there was a a movie based around this I don't know whether you ever saw that I do I, you know I've, I've seen the
0: book title so much because I see you always think it might be some link to Lord of the Rings yes Um, but I, I don't think I ever got around to reading it or seeing the movie but I, I vaguely remember it yeah the, the key character, a young male character.
2: Yeah, uh, follows a teen boy who becomes magically joined to a newly hatched dragon. Together they must learn what it means to be a dragon and rider as they fight in the resistance against a tyrannical king. That's the broad, basic setup of the plot for it. One of the advantages that this had, because the movie was not particularly well-received as far as I remember, that this has Christopher Poloni actually co-writing it and producing it directly. So that, I think, is probably... Probably quite a good sign if he's got a bit more control over the vision of where they go with it. And I think for this sort of book, you're probably better off trying to do it as a series. It, it isn't confirmed as actually going to series yet. It is still classed as in development, so still might not make it. But I mean, they've got lots of stuff to work from. If it does, it's the first book in the Inherited Cycle series of novels, which have sold like 33.5 million copies worldwide collectively. So, you know. Not bad, really, as a a sort of base (laughs) to work from, I guess. We'll see whether that goes anywhere, but that is in the works at Disney Plus at the moment. Moving on to other upgoing series, Orphan Black, which has already announced a spin-off series called Orphan Black Echoes. That has found the person that's going to be the lead role, and it's uh, Kirsten Ritter is going to be taking the lead role as the new clone, presumably clone. I mean, it it doesn't specifically say that, but uh, it says, set in the near future, Orphan Black Echoes takes a deep dive into the exploration of of the scientific manipulation of the human existence. It follows a group of women as they weave their way into each other's lives and embark on a thrilling journey, unraveling the mystery of their identity and covering a wretched story of love and betrayal. So that's the setup for it. Kirsten Ritter is set to play Lucy, a woman with an unimaginable origin story Story, trying to find her place in the world she will also exec produce the series as well so she's signed on to exec produce this will mark her return to AMC because it's AMC that are making it where she basically landed her breakout role which was in Breaking Bad as Jane mm-hmm. Jesse's girlfriend on that show and she always said that that show was the show that landed her the role as Jessica Jones if she hadn't have got the Breaking Bad role she doesn't think they would have ever seen her for Jessica Jones I'm all up for her doing this. I think she's a wonderful actress. I mean it's big shoes to fill following Tatiana Maslany because that was a phenomenal performance that she put in in that. But I can I can see her having fun particularly playing around with clone roles in this because I, I mean we're presuming that it's going to follow a clone storyline because that's the whole sort of thing of Orphan Black with clones. So I guess she's going to be playing some form of multiple roles in this. Big shoes to fill I think
0: this one. Mm. I take back my earlier comment about Jessica Jones possibly popping up in the Daredevil (laughs) Well, she might be a little bit busy
2: (laughs) yes she might be but I suspect that although I don't think she's going to get her own series which is a shame because I thought the Jessica Jones series was brilliant but it would mean that she could still find some time to be able to pop in and maybe do the odd guest spot on Daredevil possibly I would see that as maybe a possibility because if you're bringing Daredevil across there's no reason why you couldn't bring all the other characters over as well Mm. It's um from Anna Fishko who worked on pieces of her, The Society, and Fear the Walking Dead. She's creator, writer, and showrunner and exec producer of the show, along with John Fawcett, who was co-creator of the original series. Those are the people behind it. So it's got people that know what they're doing working on it. It's interesting she's joined as an exec producer on it as well. So I'm really interested to see where they go with this. And uh, I mean, I loved the original show. I thought it ended very well. So it's going to be intriguing to see what, they come up with or a spin-off of it.
0: Did you watch Orphan Black? I can't remember. No, I wasn't. I wasn't a huge fan of that, unfortunately. I tried watching the first couple of episodes when it was first broadcast, but yeah, it never appealed to me.
2: It's one of those shows that takes a little while to bed in, but once it does, and once you get hooked on it, it's a phenomenal piece of work. And Tatiana Mislaney's performance is absolutely outstanding. Ironically, of course, you've now got Tatiana Maslany who has jumped across to Marvel because she's now playing She-Hulk. And yeah. you've got... <laughs> <laughs> got customer who's jumped from Marvel to offer black so yes uh that's that's kind of fun, but uh yeah. So that is going to be one to look out for. It's AMC that are making it. Obviously, that means we have no idea where it'll land over here because sometimes those shows land on AMC. Sometimes AMC just go for the money and sell them to other people. Sometimes they do both and they launch on AMC first and then get sold on to other people. So hopefully, it'll show up somewhere, and we'll see. But yeah, that's called *Orphan Black* echoes, and it's in the works at the moment. It has been ordered, so it is coming. And last we had a story from the BBC and they're working on a revival of Gladiators apparently for 2023 another one <laughs> yeah, um, so this is actually the second time they've revived Gladiators. Uh, I think Sky did it last time, which ran for two seasons. But for those of you that don't know what Gladiators is, I'm sure many of you do, but uh, it was a sort of very much a 90s phenomenon. Pitted members of the public against a team of, in quotes, professional Gladiators in a series of physical challenges, such as Jewel, which is the well-known one of having two people on platforms trying to knock each other off with giant cotton wool buds, essentially pugil sticks mm-hmm. and they were <laughs> The wall where they had to race to the top of a climbing wall in 60 seconds and then the gauntlet which saw one of the contenders have like 20 seconds to try and get past five different gladiators and then they all ended in the eliminator which was this sort of brutal run which rather than pitting against the gladiators competed the two challenges against each other to get through this ridiculous assault course which had this sort of travelator thing at the end which usually tripped people up and didn't quite make it to the top. I remember watching it an awful lot, particularly the original ITV series. i watched that quite a bit. I mean, I, I don't have a huge amount of interest in coming back to watch this as well, but... Uh BBC is in talks with MGM Studios, who apparently hold the rights to it right now, although uh, the studio that will be producing it is a company called Hungry Bear Media, who are the people behind Michael McIntyre's The Wheel and Michael McIntyre Big Show. So they will be the people that would be actually making it. If they do make it, it looks like it's going to be shot in Sheffield, at the Sheffield Arena. That seems to be the plan for it. They have had it in development for some time. They've even got some preliminary gladiators picked out for... a trial run through before they actually kind of green lights a potential full series. So it is quite a way down the development track by the sounds of it. Filming in Sheffield Arena in 2023, if it gets the go ahead and then it will be broadcast, I would imagine, sort of September-ish. So it'll come into the autumn season at some point later in the year. That's where you need to look out. You need to go to Sheffield if you want to be able to go and watch it. So um, thoughts?
0: (laughs) I was a huge fan and I suppose I know we've done a a break breaking news today and i know it probably doesn't appeal to our audience have you heard the other breaking news there But what itv are planning on doing no go on bringing back another they have got the rights to big brother Oh, no. Uh, No. uh, I know. So it's on to its third channel, but I think it, yeah, they're normal people. It's not the celebrity one. I saw that on Twitter earlier today. I knew it probably wouldn't make our list because it's not what our audience want. But I was just like seeing gladiators. I was like, oh, my word. Someone is really digging back to those early days. Yes.
2: (laughs) No, I mean, I remember with Big Brother, I watched the first season of it. And as a social experiment was quite interesting. Nobody knew what it was when it first came out. And now everybody knows what it is. So the people that apply for it, it's a bit like The Apprentice. It was sort of the first couple of seasons, they were sort of taken a little bit more seriously. And as you get into the later seasons of it, the people that are going on to it are just the most toxic and noxious people most of the time. So <laughs> yeah. I just yeah, I have zero interest in any of those sort of shows. But I mean, I I'd hoped that Big Brother had actually finally died, but it keeps on getting resurrected. Um, yep. <laughs> what about with I mean, with Gladiators? It's kind of big Saturday night entertainment fun, I guess. And I mean, yeah. they've done some of these sort of <laughs> silly big
0: shows, physical shows before. I don't know. You know when some things are just like they're of a moment, yes. And I think when we all, t- I mean, when I tuned into Sky in 2008, they sort of absolutely got the right audience because I was a part of the. I was a, you know, a young. I was a teenager when the first season ran, so I was really into it on a Saturday night. And then by the time you get to 2008, you're an early adult, and you know, your occasional Saturday night you'd be spending in other times you're going out. It's sort of like the perfect pre-night out show. But it just didn't live up to the expectations that we expected. And I think that was the problem. Some shows are just of their moment. Mm -hmm. However much you try and redo them or revamp them or reboot them doesn't always work. And so I'm just not sure. I mean, I will tune in. I will see what I like. But ultimately, I'm not sure.
2: Yeah, no. I mean, it's not the sort of thing that I would probably spend my time watching at this point, but I can sort of see the appeal of it for the BBC as being a sort of big, over-the-top Saturday night entertainment show. I I can sort of see some appeal to that for them, but Mm. whether it'll work, it will very much depend on casting of the gladiators and the presenters and how they approach it and put it together. So we'll see. But potentially coming in 2023, probably towards the end of 2023. But we'll see whether it actually does get picked up. But it is certainly in development and some way down the development track. So that's all the news we've got for this week. Just some time for some highlights for next week on TV. So, highlights for next week. Not a huge amount coming next week, which is quite a relief because there's enough stuff out there right now, anyway.
0: <laughs> I uh, love a quiet week. <laughs> yes.
2: Uh, New Amsterdam, though, that is returning on Sky Witness for season four. That is the 3rd of August at 9 p.m. That's coming back. I really like that show. So, I'm, I'm glad to see that coming back. I think there's one more season to come after this as well. So, uh, it's got five seasons, but um, this is season four landing here. Code 404 back for a third season. That's on Sky Comedy. That's on the 4th of August. That's at 9 p.m. That's that sci fi comedy with Stephen Graham and Daniel Mays as two top detectives. One of them gets replaced by an AI. Beavis and Butthead make their return to Paramount Plus in a new series, described as Mike Judge reimagines his Gen X creations for a new Gen Z world. That is coming on the 4th of August. So you'll be able to check that on Paramount Plus. The Sandman, probably the biggest thing that's launching this week, that's on the 5th of August coming to Netflix which is of course Neil Gaiman's adaptation of his acclaimed comic book uh, he's involved in producing it I'm not sure whether he's writing it but he's involved in producing it certainly and been heavily involved in the series very much interested in seeing that and uh, Van der Valk, which is that remake which starred Mark Warren of the classic detective series that returns for a second season after I think it was 2019 or something the last season of that was out that's on ITV on the 7th of August at 8pm that drops so that's a another detective drama for you to go and check out. That's Van der season two. Yeah. 7th of August at 8pm that is everything coming for the next week we have for you Grey if they want to reach out and talk to you over the next week where can they find you
0: they can follow me on Twitter at Grey the Geek as I manically try and prepare myself for my first holiday abroad in however long 2020 oh it's been so long (laughs) so yes come and and follow me on Twitter and uh, you'll see me having fun on my first holiday for a while yes
2: (laughs) I'm looking forward to plenty of beach photos
0: (laughs) 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 not too many maybe just of like my knees looking out (laughs) (laughs) yes
2: there you go for other people involved in the show you can of course go and find Bex who is over on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes that's B-Y-T-E-S streaming daily uh, with lots of uh, just stupid silliness killing off Lara Croft on uh, her tomb failure streams and uh, chatting in boxes and all sorts of other ridiculous madness over on there always worth going to check out Bex she's very very funny and highly entertaining Matt is of course over on entertainment and you can catch us doing Westworld over there and Better Call Soul we're doing both of those podcasts weekly right now over there plus lots and lots of other things which you can go and find that on entertainmenttalk.org. and Daryl you can find at hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those TV series that you love which are shot in Canada for us you can visit the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geek Town on Twitter, on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Geek Town, on YouTube at YouTube.com forward slash Geek Town, and on Instagram at Geek Town UK. That is everything. We shall be back next week. See you then. Bye. Bye bye.